Welcome to the One Shot Test Kitchen. Today's episode, Murderous Ghosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the One Shot Test Kitchen, where we try out lesser-known tabletop RPGs. I'm Samara, and today with me are two brave souls you know by now, Mike and April Lynn. Hello. Hi, I'm April Lynn. Uh, so today I'm very excited and actually kind of terrified uh, for today's game, which is called Murderist Ghosts, which is a role-playing horror party game created by Lumpley Games, uh, who is also the creator of our episode one game, The Sundered Land. It can be found on payhip.com slash lumpleygames for $10. You can also head to Lumpley.com, that's L-U-M-P-L-E-Y.com, to check out a collection of articles that Vincent Baker, the game designer, has written about RPGs. So before we dive into expectations, uh, I kind of want to get in the mood. So I have a question for you both in this uh, age of World on Fire 2020 that we're all living in. Um, what is the most frightening thing that you have read or had happened to you this week? April Lynn? Oh, I have a great answer for this. So last week, one of my friends shared a video of somebody looking at what appeared to be a clump of like black mold on a wall, which is gross in and of itself, because it was like a freaking like foot long clump of black mold. Like hairy mold? Yeah, like, like hairy mold. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it was really, really gross. Uh, but then they scoop it up. And it starts moving because it's not actually black mold. It's thousands of thousands of daddy long legs who have all been nope. huddling together. <laughs> <laughs> this is something apparently they do called an aggregation. Um, and I've been fascinated by these videos and I can't stop watching them. Like they do it to conserve moisture or something. Aggregation is a very nice word for like murder nightmare swarm, which yes. is what I would call that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It every time I watch it, I like shudder, but I can't stop because it's just so fascinating. Uh, so, listeners, you're welcome. Go look up aggregation of daddy long legs or uh, what what are they called? They're also harvestmen. So you could look that up oh. too, um, and you'll yeah. find tons yeah. of these videos. Apparently, it's a southern thing, like Texas, Mexico. So it probably won't happen in our story. Are they like Dear in listeners, showers? don't do that. Don't look up videos <laughs> of spiders. Oh, gross. Yeah, keep your lunch. Avoid the spider hairy mold. Are they in showers when they're poking? Like, I just have this nightmare we, we of being in a shower. can stop talking about this at any time. <laughs> no, no, it's like outside. So, like, they're either Ooh. like on brick walls or there's one that's like on a playground slide. Um, oh, Gosh. And like some of them, they're just like scooping them up with their bare hands. Some of them, they're prodding them with sticks. Gross. Well, it's gross. been great hanging with you guys tonight. <laughs> hey, um. you were the one who said you didn't, that spiders are tasty. I believe those were your exact words when I asked if either of you had spider phobias. So you only have yourself to blame. It's not a phobia. It's just gross. Like, yeah. And, you know, Ugh. cooked spiders, when you eat them, are fine. <laughs> Oh, nasty. Okay, what about you, Mike? Are you looking up Harvestmen on YouTube in After Hours, or did you have something else? What terrifying horror did you experience recently? Um. Well, I've been watching the news. 
<laughs> Can't top that. Lots of uh, really horrible shit happening, but um, specifically, and this is something I think April Lynn that uh, uh, you can relate to a little bit here. In particular, I've been following the uh, the California fires, which I know April Lynn, like you have been uh, not you're not close to them, no. or well, in California, you're never more than like five miles away from a fire, right. but. But I've been following that, and someone I follow online uh, is right near one of the big ones and has had to evacuate, and they are literally staying in a creepy mansion right now because (laughs) uh, they had to take their uh, wife and kid and actually just go, and there's, like, suits of armor and, like, like weird racks of, like, pool cues next to the armor, and it's just a very strange-looking thing. Oh, man. If they weren't currently facing horrible other trauma... It would probably be very delightful, but <laughs> otherwise, it's just going to compound things. Yeah, I mean, they're taking it in str- about it as best a stride as you could take it, but kind of a rough situation going on over there. And jeez, man. Yeah, let me add that the other p- potential scary thing that I could have mentioned is just flashback trauma from all the fire seasons that I've experienced since I've moved out here, uh, because. On a fairly regular basis this time of year, it just smells like ash everywhere. It depends on which way the wind is blowing, but definitely this morning I woke up. I'm like, oh, yep, it smells like soot from the fires that are, I think the nearest one's like 20 miles away from me. Probably not even that much. Like far enough away that it's not a danger, but close enough that it's it's smelly. The creepiest thing I see from all those uh, like footage of the fires beyond the mass destruction and devastation is when uh, one of the like older trees will catch on fire, but like be burning from the inside. Yep. And so like you can see like through the hole in the tree, like the fire inside oh, of it. And you're like, Well, welcome to another portal of plane of existence of nightmare and terror. We're here. Yeah. Now. If I didn't have actual fire trauma, I would look that up. But I, I <laughs> feel like that might trigger some things. So I'm not going to look that one up for reals. Yeah. Avoid, it's terrifying. And I have not spent a lot of time around fires. Well, those are some pretty terrifying things so i feel like i have a lot to live up to tonight i don't know if i can be uh a harvestman also what kind of name is harvestman for just that that in itself sounds like a horror movie like the harvestman and then it's just like a pile of little daddy long leg spiders it's terrible oh man anyways i'm gonna do my best uh to lead us through this evening of terror We've all had the chance to review review the game and the rules a little bit, um, but it is a game that naturally the rules kind of evolve as we play and are presented to us while we play. Um, so let's talk a little bit about expectations. Uh, April and what are you expecting from what you've read so far about the game? Um, well, so I didn't read a lot of what was going on because I had the playbook that you gave us and that was about it. Uh, so mostly what I'm expecting and looking forward to is thematic more than, uh, actual gameplay. Mm-hmm. I know that you are basing the story in the town that Mike and I went to college in, or yeah, the town, at least the location generally in upstate New York, central New York. So looking forward to a little nostalgia there and mm-hmm. I enjoy being creeped out. So I'm hoping that you succeed at that. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, and I, I, I'm interested to see how this plays out. I've played games that are more of a choose-your-own-adventure mechanic, you know, read X, choose something, go to page Y, etc., etc., before, and they just kind of fell flat. Mm. But I like, this one seems like it has more going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see how it works out. And I really like the idea that we're collab. Well, I guess because it's a choose your own adventure story, it makes sense that we're collaborating on what happens to our character rather than mm-hmm. having our own characters. Yeah. So I am looking forward to this. I am excited. It's actually kind of a fun reverse of the Sundered Land, where before we were collaborating on the world, and this time you guys are collaborating on the explorer in the world. Mm, mm-hmm. That's true. What about you, Mike? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of what April Lynn said. I mean, for me, I'm looking at this like I'm really interested in this from a mechanical point of view. Um, mm-hmm. uh, again, I read about as I read as much as you asked me to. Uh, uh, not going ahead because. The, it seems the way that this is set up is that um, it's a it's a game of discovery. Like, you know, it's a game of the various things that will happen to you as you go along. And I'm wondering if it like it's more than a choose your own adventure. I'm hoping that there's more agency. Like we're not being told a story. We're not passengers in a story. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that there's a way to kind of actually affect the story. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, if I want to punch a ghost, can I punch a ghost kind of thing? Um, Spoiler, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> ghosts are by their nature insubstantial, so punching them will do nothing. Um, but the other thing that's kind of uh, exciting for me about this is I got very, very strong uh, vibes for this that uh, is related to a game that – a board game that you guys might know, uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Mm-hmm. Um and this is like a very much like Betrayal in the House on the Hill very, very broadly is like you're exploring a haunted mansion. Uh, it's almost a dungeon crawler-ish kind of feel to it. Um, but the thing that always intrigued me about Betrayal in the House on the Hill is that there are, I think, like a hundred or hundred plus different scenarios. So each time you play, like it could be werewolves, it could be vampires, it could be demons. Like you it don't really know what it is. <laughs> could be bunnies. Um, I've got a feeling. <laughs> I, I'm trying to look for the Buffy reference. I am not a big Buffy fan. And I, could, I knew that was a Buffy reference. That's about all I could do. Um, but yeah, like that's the kind of thing that I'm interested in, like that that level of discovery that I'm really uh, looking forward to. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how, you know, for me, it's another interesting, different, uh, you know, GM, or they call it in this one, a master of ceremony, so an MC. And always that balance of how much do you plan so that you feel like you've got runway? How much do we just start playing off of each other as we get into it? So I'm excited to see how that plays out. I'm super into the weird card mechanic for storytelling, which um, kind of feels like a little bit Kingdom Death, uh, like hunt mode in that game, if you're familiar, meets a choose-your-own-adventure. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more rules-bound than some of uh, in the sto- from the story perspective than some games that we've played, but it does leave a lot open to uh, how we talk back and forth about the world. So I'm going to be curious to see if we feel like that holds us back or ends up helping us. Um, 
and I'm scared that I'm not going to be scary enough. Um, but I'm going to really try to be a total creep. I have a, a video stream going right now um, as Mike and April Lynn aren't here so that uh, the card deck mechanic we're looking at through a camera screen. And I've, I've lit a really creepy candle. And um, yeah, so I don't Nothing know. creepier than an electric candle. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's real. It's real. It's a real sure thing. It doesn't look See, real look. from here. No, look, look, I just lit this. Ma- I'm lighting matches in a wooden closet in a Brooklyn basement. This is very dangerous. Did our previous talks about fires just just go right in one ear and out the other? Like, what, are we doing here? what about you guys? Do you guys do, uh, do you guys think my last expectation? Do you expect me to creep you out or do you guys feel pretty tough? I'll say for myself, I'm very hard to creep out. Oh, damn. I figured. I mean, a really good setting, something that's really, really just wildly unsettling can get to me. I'm trying to think of the last movie that creeped me out, and I actually can't think of one. Mm. Um, I mean, aside from, like, you know, Cronenberg-esque bar- body horror, which, like, just the effects are creepy. But Right. What about you, April Lynn? I expect to be... I, I think you can do it. I, uh, I, I, there's different levels of creeped out. And I think that I'm hoping that you don't go as far as like Final Destination when even though it was a terrible movie, when I saw that, I was terrified for the rest of the night. Like I went to the bathroom and was like afraid because there was electricity in the same room with water and something bad. (laughs) Like I literally I was like afraid. Uh, I don't want that. That was not fun, actually. Um, But like. The ring where I'm delightfully creeped out or something like that. Yeah, I think you can handle that. Well, here's hoping. Um, I, I I don't know. It's 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 the game it is. So let's jump right in and, and see how I do. I'm going to give everybody listening uh, a, an overview of the rules um, and to give them an idea of what we'll be playing as eventually it will um, really just start to turn into a story that we're telling together. Uh, so Murderous Ghosts is the story of an urban explorer trying to escape an abandoned Victorian hotel haunted by murderous ghosts. I will be the Master of Ceremonies, or MC, and will take part uh, as the ghosts and their environment. You two will collectively play the urban explorer trying to survive. We will use a deck of cards to resolve conflicts throughout the game and track progress. I draw cards to indicate how far you are from being able to escape, and you draw cards to resolve situations like ghost encounters. Uh, You can always discard the hand uh, that you guys have or draw a card when you're prompted to uh, throughout the playbook. When you add your cards, the rubric is basically 13 to 20 for good outcomes, 6 to 12 for middling outcomes, and either 1 through 5 or 21 plus uh, is a bust. And in those cases, real bad shit goes down. I'll help keep track of this, obviously, throughout the game. You guys win if you survive the murderous ghosts and escape, or if you help them to resolve their unfinished business and go on to their eternal rest. And the Master of Ceremonies and the rules are against you. Your odds are bad, but if you play sharp, you can improve them. Good luck. (laughs) I have a note uh, for the listeners right now and not you guys, so I'm going to make sure that you can't hear me anymore. Can you hear me? You guys didn't hear that, did you? Nope. We did not. Great. Okay, I'm going to give them a little message right now. Hold on. All right. So, hey, listeners, 
I also have a side goal as the master of ceremonies. I win if I create ghosts that are so scary that I creep myself out. Spoiler, not hard to do. And even more so, creep out the other players so that they elect to quit early and leave troubling questions unanswered. If the other players stop trying to escape and instead help a ghost find peace and its eternal rest, I also lose. But we all win if we all get a little bit creeped out. All right. Secrets have been told. Uh, in general, gameplay uh, is a turn-based, so you guys will take turns with me, and we read entries through our books uh, that will tell us what to do. Sometimes it'll have us describe things from our imagination, answer questions about our uh, characters, make judgments about what I've described to you, um, or decisions about things that you guys have described already. It might have you ask me questions or answer questions that I ask you, and sometimes it'll tell you to draw a card. In general, I'm going to have you guys make your decisions collectively, um, and a vote won't really work as there's two of you. Um, but once in a while, I may just direct a specific card at one or the other. Um, eventually, we will reach a point in our playbooks that says the end, and that's the end of the game. Two final house rules for this. Uh, we're going to speak in the third person. You guys will, um, as if you're the story narrator, since you both are controlling the explorer. Mm -hmm. And if the content gets too much at any point, the game actually has a built-in mechanic where you can always uh, pull out of the game. So at the bottom of a card, you can invoke the option if you've had enough. Those are the rules. So uh, I'm going to jump into gameplay. And one thing that I have changed from the OG rules, uh, since you guys both are graduates from the illustrious Colgate University, uh, and this game specifically takes place in a haunted hotel in upstate New York, um, I'm going to have you guys uh, give this explorer a little bit more color um, than it does so in the book mm. at the start. You are a 23-year-old student at Col at Colgate University. 23. Studying. Yeah, we would have graduated by then. Uh, would you have? I don't know. Yes. There's a lot of options here. Are you one I of mean, two grad students at Colgate University? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the grad students did. <laughs> education, I think? Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, let's take this opportunity to retcon this guy's age. <laughs> which seemed to be a sticking point. Uh, so uh, you are a student at Colgate uh, University. April Lynn, uh, you're a student at Colgate studying philosophy and religion. How old are you? Uh, I We are uh, 20. And Mike, what is the name of this 20-year-old philosophy religion student at Colgate University? See, this is weird because I was going to say I was going to name a real person and that would have been unfair <laughs> to them. Um Let's say it is a dude named Doug. Doug's a common of there are a lot of Dougs at Colgate. I don't think I knew any, so <laughs> Well what does um April and what does twenty year old philosophy religion studies major Doug uh what do what do the fellow students think about him in school? Think about you guys in school. Uh he's he's pretty popular. He gets along with all the frat brothers and the sorority sisters and the Colgate girls. And uh, so the nerds don't really. Yeah, he, he just kind of gets along with everyone. Even the nerds like him. Mike, what do uh, Doug's professors think about him in class? They're probably very supportive. Um, they're like 
again, my, my experience of the, the religion and philosophy professors that they were all like uniformly nice people, supportive mm, people. Mm-hmm. So I think they're some of them were a little out there though. Oh, for sure. But like, but I think they're like, you know, they're out there in the cool way, like in the interesting way. Uh. Um, and like they, I, I imagine they would view this Doug as like kind of an, Oh, you like that kind of thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and is this fictional Doug? Would you say that this fictional Doug is smart? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you kind of yeah. had to be to get to Col- Colgate unless you were on a sports scholarship. All right. So, April in, uh, give me three adjectives to describe smart young Doug. Smart young Doug. Uh, and I in assume that they can't be smart or young. <laughs> yes. No. In addition, <laughs> um, we will go with charming, mm-hmm. studious. Mm. and generous. And Mike, give me three adjectives to describe what young, charming, studious Doug looks like. Casual. <laughs> we talking casual in a basketball short sort of way or casual in a J. Crew polo shirt sort of way? <laughs> Very casual in flip-flops and basketball shorts. Wow. Kind of way. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm, I'm describing, like, what he looks like, I guess? Yeah, what is his hair? What's the cut of his jib? You know, just so that, you know, while we're describing him through the space, we're all on the same page about who we're driving. It's kind of a... Sorry, all the adjectives I'm thinking of are, like, personality ones. You're looking for what he actually looks like here, right? Yeah, he, cast him in the movie-slash-TV show. Who's the, who's the actor that you cast for for him? Probably kind of a Matthew Broderick, like post Ferris Bueller, but <laughs> like Ladyhawk Broderick, or a little older, than kind that. of a little bit older, a little okay. bit older than that. Um, before he got to like old man Broderick, <laughs> um, you know, average height, but kind of like an intensity to his his carriage, I guess you could say. Yeah. Also, really hard not to like. You know, just just looking mm-hmm. at the guy, you're like, I think I like this guy. Despite his bad fashion sense. <laughs> Despite his bad fashion sense. It's very so true. Um, all right. So Doug has uh, read about uh, Majors Inn, this old abandoned hotel uh, in some of his stories. And there's so many fables surrounding this place that are so conflicting. Um, and you're driven to investigate them for yourself. You guys need to tell me who, if anyone, is waiting for you back home when you decide one night to follow your follow the call to check out Majors Inn. Who was? What do you mean? Who was waiting for us back in our dorm? Or did you like, tell anybody home? you were going to check this out? Do you have like you know, or or are you are you driven to do this on your own? You know, without telling anybody. I feel like he needs to have a cheerleader girlfriend. A Colgate girl, if you will. <laughs> there you, not, you got not it. Not a literal cheerleader, but like a cheerleader, <laughs> someone who like cheers him on. Kind no, of I meant literal cheerleader. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that works too, I guess. She said practice. <laughs> so Doug's got a cheerleader girlfriend that he was like, no, babe, I gotta, I gotta go. Like, I'm going to go do this thing, but I'll be back later. On, on a, uh, Related note, it just occurred to me that did you either of you play Maniac Mansion 
on the Nintendo back in the day. Yes. So mm-hmm. the the main character's girlfriend that he goes to rescue is a cheerleader. <laughs> there <course>. you go. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I, I only just realized that now. So it all kind of fits. Um, so your playbooks, uh, it says, um, you know, that you guys would go to start and read it. But we've basically now done that with the creation mm-hmm. of uh, charming, studious, casual Doug with the cheerleader girlfriend. Um, so I'm going to give you just a little bit more color uh, to let you know where you're at. Um, but just for anybody who is following along at home or in their own playbooks, um, I have taken care. We've just done the start section collaboratively, which is a little bit different than the OG rules. All right. Before we descend any further into the hotel and the madness, let's take a quick break and come right back. And we're back. So, Doug, you have found your uh, self going through, you know, those traditional, uh, you know, forest lands of central and upstate New York uh, mm-hmm. with the tall, thin trees as you've, you know, followed this hiking trail. You went under the chain that was closing the path for the night um, and and went up the kind of uh, switchback to get to where this old abandoned uh, kind of... Uh, Tudor style, like Tudor revival style hotel uh, is out tucked away uh, in this kind of like mountainous forest area. Uh, And as I said, you've read about it in some of your studies and there's all these, you know, kind of urban legends and myths and fables that are surrounding this place. And they seem kind of ridiculous and, and it's just kind of in snippets and most of all, the thing that comes out are these ghost stories and that this place is rumored to be haunted. So when you get to the building, uh, you see that a lot of it is either just completely deteriorated and fallen away um, and impassable or boarded up. Uh, but you did find a way in through a first floor window and you tracked your way up through the hotel. Uh, you discovered that the guest room wing has no way to get through. So there's no way to see any of the guest rooms. And you basically just followed any paths that were open to you in the house. Uh, you think you've done a decent job of tracking your way through. So, you know, you can find your way back out uh, fairly easily. Um, and nothing necessarily of note has really struck you. Um, at this point, you're thinking, oh, you know what? Maybe this is just some, you know, red rum BS. Uh <laughs> You've just come up a grimy, narrow staircase uh, upward for a little while. And with some effort, you were able to break an old lock that was on the door at the top of these stairs. Um, And the door creaks open. Yeah, Foley work. That's some good Foley. (laughs) (laughs) And you're hit with a warm, musty smell. Mm. This is the... Uh, page one that you guys on your start card would prompt me to go into. Uh, so I am asked to describe this space um, and then I'm going to give a little secret to the players right now so they know what I'm about to do. Uh, I'm also supposed to describe the evidence of violence that remained here uh, that can be either real, physical, supernatural, or ghostly, but it should be absolutely apparent to the other players, the worse the better. And then I will tell the players to turn to two in their book. All right. We're back. Okay, before you continue, our rules say if you're new to the game, we should tell you not to sweat it 
we're happy to wait while you read and think. And your job is harder than ours anyway. Oh, that's such a nice rule book. It's like <laughs> it's really game. making you. <laughs> it's really it's it's really soothing you before it just gets absolutely terrifying for both of us. Right. The the door opens with this warm, musty smell, and in the room, uh, you see that there are. Uh, it, it's kind of like a Victorian sitting room that seems to be completely abandoned um, and untouched beyond, you know, the mold and the dust that have collected here. There are wooden rafters, again, in this kind of Tudor style where there's peeling white paint and dark wooden uh, beams in the ceiling. Um, the windows are completely like closed off and overgrown with some sort of like kudzu vine. Um, in the center of the room is a table with six chairs around it and an elaborate candelabra sits on the table and hanging above the table is a tasseled lampshade. The bookshelves on the walls are empty and to the left there's a changing screen and to the right is a closed bureau. Upon further inspection, you notice that two of the six chairs have buckle restraints on them, and they're stiff and stained with, like, a dark brown color. And as you approach the table, the candles light up, uh, and you start uh, to see the table slightly uh, shaking, and you hear uh, a sound not from the table, uh, but from somewhere else that sounds like uh, like rapping on a table. Great. Turn Hooray. to two in your book. Okay. Okay, this was a bad idea. Um, okay, so two says, what's the worst thing this suggests to you? And choose uh, choose by vote and tell the MC which one. Uh, and we can ask the MC questions before we choose. And we can, uh, it says, remember your choice. Next time, choose something different. Okay. Um, so for this time, I think we should read the choices aloud so that everyone can hear. So we can choose betrayal, cruelty, desperation, revenge, sorrow, or a threat to me here and now. Uh, and my my vote is for a threat to me here and now. I think that uh, <laughs> candles lighting themselves and mysterious tapping uh, is not normal and not safe. What do you think, Mike? I was going to say the exact same thing. Okay. Um, a threat so to me we, here and now. So we should turn, turn to, to 28. 28. And this is, so we have the even numbered one. So we read this one. Yes. Yes. Uh, so okay. it says that we should tell the MC the best thing we've done in our life so far. Anyone can volunteer. Mike, you want to take this one? Oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> best thing I've done in my life so far. I guess probably it would be making the decision to move to New York City. I, I, I'm not sure how that pertains but like it really was a the beginning of me kind of like growing into my adulthood so uh you know on my own finally hmm. kind of thing okay and it says that we draw 
Okay. On your first draw of the game, it says on your first draw of the game, this is a free draw. No matter what card it is, count it as a 13 to 20. It is a queen of hearts, but it will count as a 13 to 20. Which means if you haven't seen a ghost here, which we haven't, tell the MC to turn to page three in her book. All right. Well, I don't, does this count as a ghost? I mean, it might no. be ghosts shaking the table and lighting candles. It is not a ghost. Okay. So, yes. Right. Well, and I guess either way, we haven't seen it. So I guess right. that's fair. Exactly. Correct. Yes, yes. Yes. It's the power of ghost, but not an actual ghost. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I've moved to three. Uh, there are no ghosts here yet, or there's no ghost here anymore. I'm going to talk to our listeners real quick. Okay. So this is one of a few core loops that we will run them through. And uh, I will, the loop is that I will ask them what they do in this room. They're free to investigate, handle whatever they like, and I will answer their questions and make up details as we go along. And then eventually we will need to leave this loop. Um, and uh, either when they uncover evidence or uh, actually engage with a ghost. And then we'll go to uh, a leave uh, cart. All right, I'm going to go back to these bozos. Okay, guys. Uh, there is no ghost here yet, or there's no ghost here anymore. Uh, so now I'm going to send it back to you and ask you guys what you do. I would kind of say that. I knowing... think I want to go back the way I came. What do you think? I was going to say, <laughs> Doug being the Doug I think we've made, like, would get the fuck out of there. Yeah. All right. Uh, so immediately, uh, turning around and going back down to the stairs, uh, I am to go, I'm to turn to five in my book. The other players are moving to a new space in the hotel. You travel back down those, uh, rickety stairs, uh, and, uh, as you get down, you see that the path, uh, as you remembered it, to take the stairs back the other flight that you needed to go down, uh, you, you can't find it, it, and all you can see is that there is just a door uh, to your left and to your right. Uh, now, one moment, because there's a rule that we need to resolve here around other players' movement, um, okay. which uh, is my 45 in my book. So uh, by default, you're moving toward escape um, unless you are backtracking um, a way that you've been before. Um, even though you're backtracking, you're backtracking towards the exit right now. You guys are moving closer to escape than you've been before, so I'm going to draw a card in my hand. I still have one to three cards in my hand, so it's face down, um, and I will return to five. You, uh, The number of cards that I have pulled determine whether or not uh, we prompt your ability to escape. So right now you are far enough away from your escape that escape is not possible, so that's not triggered yet because I only have two cards face down. Uh, so you have entered uh, this new space. Uh, do you want to go left or right? Right. All right. You open the door to the right. Man, this fully works getting so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and as you uh, open up the door, you see that I'm... It is very lowly lit, um, and it is a covered in bookshelves and dark wood paneling. Uh, it looks to be some sort of library. 
Uh, it's a very large room, and there are tables uh, with small lamps on them that are kind of flickering, which are providing the low light. And as you look uh, down the room and take it in, it looks like there's some sort of figure um, or shadow like hunched in the far end uh, of the room. As you stop and take in this room and, and tune your ears, you hear a... I'm now going to turn to 11. Um, one moment for the listeners. I've now entered into another core loop. Uh, this is a ghost as if alone, what they are doing here if no one else were present. Uh, it will keep doing what it does uh, as if no one was present. I will tell the other players what it does, ask them what they do, then tell them what happens. All right. So, uh, clarifying yes. question. Did we turn on electricity when we entered this house? No. Okay. So these lights, we should we should be spooked out by the fact that there are lights on. It is abnormal that they are on. Okay. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So with flickering lights, you see this shadow in the end of the at the end of the room. Uh, and it is hunched over and it seems to be working uh on something and and, and muttering and sort of uh giving this frustrated like what do you do my thinking is that doug would probably i mean i think a normal person would be confused and concerned that there's someone else in the building that has turned on the lights and seems to be going through some sort of distress so would probably ask whether he's okay and what he's doing here i mean if it's an actual person like, I think he would probably go and try to, at the very least, he just tried to leave and wasn't able to, so maybe this guy can help him, too. So you guys want to approach the figure? Yes. Yeah. Or can can we call out to the figure from the, where we are? Yeah. How do you do that? Just ask him if he's okay and if he can help us because we're lost. All right. Uh, as Doug calls out, uh, to the figure down at the end of the library, uh, if he's okay and if he could help them because he's lost, uh, he takes notice of you and responds to you. So now I need to turn to 15 and take branch A. All right. Not branch A. (laughs) Not branch A. (laughs) Uh, uh, the figure turns around and you see, uh... A gentleman in a suit with a small uh, bow tie and a very stiff collar that feels not of this time. Um, And in his hands is a kind of strange device that looks like it could fit around a head. Um, And it has uh, screws in it. Um, And uh, appearing on either side of him are two women, one that is thin and bony, uh, and it looks like the tips of her fingers are, like, bloodied, and bone is sticking out of them. And uh, 
the other is kind of short and soft and her um her eyes almost seem to spark um and they and you start to hear that the tables start wiggling a little bit and you hear a another tapping sound and then uh you also hear uh the sound of like matches being lit also in this kind of like rhythmic pattern and as the matches are being lit the the eyes of the shorter woman seem to like spark which eat with each sound of a match rhythmically going um and they they have strange hair with like loops on the side and like a top knot uh and they're wearing kind of black Roby material and uh, this hypnotic pattern keeps going and the man has like is like focused on uh, this device in his hands and it seems like he is uh, struggling and fighting against himself as he is like pulling it on top of his head and and just is like just stares straight at you as he starts to slowly lower this device onto his head what do you do? Freak out. Yeah, I'd leave. Um, <laughs> is this there, guy's got some shit going on. Is there anything that Doug can use as a weapon nearby? There are books and there are lamps on the tables. Is this dude trying to put that weird head device on himself or on us? On himself. Okay. If he's not trying to hurt us, I'd, I'd just go the fuck away. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, so as the, as you turn, uh, to go, the, uh, door, like, as you face the door, the door slams, uh, in front of you. And then as the door slams, you hear a blood curdling cry of a man behind you. Uh, and, uh, as Doug, quickly looks over his shoulder he sees that the device has gone on the man's head and he's screwing it uh into his skull uh. Uh, and and screaming like out get out uh and the two women are now gone um but you can see shadows kind of moving amongst the bookshelves <laughs> Uh, why did we come to this hotel in the first place? I don't know. We certainly got a little bit more than we bargained for here. Um, I, I agree with the screaming man who's torturing himself. Let's get out. Uh, turn to page uh, 10 in your book. Okay. Okay. 10. Oh, it says, ask the MC what the ghost is capable of doing to you. I don't know what the ghost... Is he the ghost? Uh, the... The the man is not capable of doing anything to you, but the women are capable of driving you mad to a similar fate. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, and we are supposed to draw. Four of spades. It is a four. Uh, cool. So that means that's a bust. Wait. Wait, how would we get a 20? Well, right now you guys have a queen and a four, which means that you're at 15. Oh, okay. Got it. It's a total. 
Pass. So like next time you have to draw a card, you could say discard your hand if you don't want to if you don't want to bet on 15. Mm, kind of like blackjack rules. Right, cuz if it goes over, I see, I see. we'll bust. Yeah. I understand. Okay. So at that we get to choose one of the following. Um our hands won't stop shaking. We cover our face, we're whimpering, our knees are weak. We're frozen in place or we're backing away slowly. Um um that point we might be frozen in place or backing away slowly i i think backing away slowly makes more sense just because like this dude is a reasonable distance away from us and it's it's terrifying what he's doing to himself but like dude's doing it doing it to himself so he's only got one of those head cage torture <laughs> things so oh that's uh, all it's just doug is backing slowly away and the mc should continue from her place all right um so you have escaped a shaking table in this room in the top of this hotel made your way downstairs uh, unable to find your previous exit and landed in this library where this ghost man is screwing uh, this headset into himself as a sort of like old school, uh, you know, phrenology experiment. Uh, and t- the two women that were aside him are no longer there, um, but moving in the shadows and trying to move your way out of this place. Um, you, Doug's trying to get out of here, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's done with this. So, uh, the door that was there to you, uh, you know, you you try it again, um, and it strangely turns with ease. Uh, go mm. to twelve in your book. Okay, Mike, your turn to read. All right. So, ask the MC which is most important for you to do right now. Keep my hand steady. Keep my breathing quiet. Keep my eyes on it. Keep my eyes closed. Keep perfectly still. Keep moving, or another of the MC's choice. Keep moving. Okay. I agree. <laughs> now it says draw. So the draw thing now, if we were to draw, we could either do that or have the option of discarding. Yeah. So you could dump the queen in four you have now and and then you draw a, f- a fresh card or you could add or you could hit on the 15 that you have. I think we should discard and start over. Yeah. I don't want to hit on a 15. 21's bust. So. Yeah. So we discard and then draw. Four. Still mm. bust. Cool. We can't do it. Tell the MC. And then continue. All right. So uh, you still are unable, as you make your way out of that room, you're still unable to find that that entrance to the staircase that you know takes you down to the first floor and out of here. Uh, so all that's available to you is the door across the way. And so so that's the only room that you can go into. Uh and as you open that door, go back to five. I'm um, a new space. I'm drawing a card. I still have one through three. They're face down. And I'm going back to five. This door opens and you are hit with a thick fog of very distinctly marijuana smoke that is filling the room. Hmm. The smell is strong and uh, really distinct, and you trip on your way in uh, on a board that's on the floor. And as you 
flip it over, you recognize it as a Ouija board. The, and as you go down to look at the Ouija board, you see that the bathroom tile of this kind of public restroom on this floor uh, is stained a dark brown red color. Uh, before you can take in too many other uh, details, you hear, a, oh, man, no, not cool. It's not cool, man. Man, that's not cool. Oh, man. Martha, get him out of here, man. Martha, that's not cool. I don't like those girls, man. Get Martha out of here, man. Get her out. So we're back at a frat house at Colgate now? What's going on? <laughs> Marijuana smell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a ghost here, so I'm going to 11. So wait, we're in uh, a bathroom or there's just a bathroom sign on the floor? Uh, you are in a bathroom, like okay. a public Got it. Uh, so it's got like multiple stalls. Got it. Okay. Uh, so the as you look through the thick fog, you see that there is uh, a ghost of a dude with kind of long, longish shoulder length curly hair. And he's wearing a patchwork leather vest and no shirt underneath. Um, and he's got kind of tight, low slung uh, bell bottoms. Um, and uh, he is uh, shaking and he's and he's holding a revolver and he's like looking around and he's wiping you know his face um and uh he's like looking in the mirror and he's like pointing the gun sort of like in your uh direction and he just keeps going no man no martha it's not cool get those two girls away man it's really not cool i don't think that this was good stuff man i don't think this is good stuff and you hear that same like um hypnotic rhythm that was the table shaking the but it sounds like a a, a revolver um kind of spinning its barrel in that same rhythmic pattern he keeps on uh going on and on like oh man i don't know man this is more than i'm telling you you better watch it out um i need you to turn to four in your book okay what do we most hope that it doesn't do I don't want that thing looking at us. Although, yeah, he already is, isn't he? He already is. But, I mean, I guess that makes sense, though. Like, you want him to look away, basically. Or we could do reach out to me, because if he's already looking at us, then reaching out to us would be worse. I guess it mean. I guess it depends on what your definition of reach out is. Like, if he reaches out with... A bullet, then that's bad. But if he reaches out <laughs> with his hand, like, um, then that's well, he's a okay. Ghost. Like we can calm him down. Well, he's a ghost, and we know he's a ghost, right? Can we tell that he's not human? Like, uh, living in so much, yeah. I mean he he does not look um he does not look corporeal, and also he looks a little bit too much like all the old paraphernalia of Woodstock photos that are all over upstate yeah. New York. Yeah. So I'm okay with going with our previous, uh, we don't want him looking at us. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay. Uh, and then we draw. Okay. You're going to hit on four. We're, we're gonna, yes. Yeah. During me, we're going to hit on four. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, you're at 15 with a king of clubs. Cool. Uh, so it doesn't do any of the things. So it doesn't look at us. It doesn't reach out at us. It doesn't speak or stop still. 
Okay. Uh, and then you should turn to 13 in your book. All right. The ghost keeps on going like, oh, no, man, oh, no. Uh, and you see uh, appearing next to him are those two women with the strange haired styles and the black robes. Uh, and uh, he, you, then you hear uh, a very loud, like, like shot go off. Uh, and um, you watch as he crumples to the ground. Well, that's not disturbing at all. No, not in the least. <laughs> the um, two women, the two women are still there, but they don't seem to be looking at you or taking notice of you at this moment. They seem to be focused on the gentleman that is now on the ground. I feel like we would just turn around and run back through the door and see if anything's changed. So, real quick, these women, these are the same ones that we saw in the library? Yes. Okay, yeah. Then, yeah, let's get out of here. Like, these women seem to bring a lot of awful shit wherever they go, so. All right. Um, I go to five, which means another movement, which means this is my fourth card. Now my hand goes face up. Um, that is a jack of hearts, a three of hearts, a two of diamonds, and a three of diamonds. That means that I think I should be able to share this with you. Yeah, it doesn't explicitly say to not share with you, so I'm going to share it with you. Well, well, well it does say real quick, this might be the same thing, because it gives us some information on your draw in uh, our book. Okay, yeah, on the suits? Uh, on the suits. So it says, on two suits, you might be able to escape soon, but you might be lost instead. Great. Okay, yeah. So if you Wait, have that where information. where does it say that? At the top it's of the, the very, playbook. very beginning. Under the MC's draw. Oh... All right, so you are you leave that room and you see that there is a small back in this hallway where there was the room to the li- the door to the library and the staircase that you came down from. Uh, there seems to be a small like service entry door that you didn't notice before. Um, that is like one of those old like dumb waiters uh, that you could kind of climb down uh, to get off this floor. So as you climb down this dumb waiter. And you get your way down there. Uh, you find yourself in a, a big, large, uh, like service kitchen, um, that it has black and white tile and, you know, a large kind of copper vent over the gas stove. Um, and the fire in the stove is, uh, popping on in that same now increasingly infectious rhythm that you have, you know, heard in the previous places um, kind of sparking on, but with that kind of like of like gas going, like trying to trying to catch. Um, And there is a kind of breakfast table nook in a corner that has, uh, you know, lots of like foodstuffs, um, piled on there that uh, seem to be uh, almost like dripping uh, off the table, like the liquids from like this tray of what looks like a pile of like meat stuffs uh, is like dripping on the ground and the drips that are falling off the table also create a strange hypnotic music with the like of the gas and then like the, you know, the, uh, yeah. So, so 
what would you like to do? Uh, I have a question. Mm-hmm. This pile of meat stuffs. Are we talking about something that looks appetizing or distinctly unappetizing? From where you're standing, it looks um, appetizing if you're into, like, large turkey leg size, you okay. know, meat stuffs or, like, ribs. Okay. I was just trying to figure out if I should envision large piles of edible-looking meat or random, indistinguishable body parts that look kind of creepy. I mean, it's creepy because it shouldn't be there anyways, but... Yeah, from mm. where you're standing, you know, it looks like a, you know, a heaping pile of, like, large ribs and, like, turkey leg type things. Mm. We should absolutely not eat those. No. <laughs> Rule number one of haunted houses, don't eat, eat the ghost meat. Right. Maybe that's not rule one, but is there an exit? Uh, there does not seem to be an exit uh, from this room immediately available to you. So I say that first of all, Doug being the intelligent college student that he is, uh, has realized that he should probably turn off the gas on that stove if it's actually like trying to turn on. That seems fair. <laughs> he goes to try to turn it off so it's not trying to ignite and failing. So Doug goes to turn off the gas, and as uh, you turn off the gas, uh, you hear a, like, ding, 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 um, like, dinner bell sound. As you turn around to, to where you heard the sound, now at the table, a woman is moving to take her seat at the table and she's wearing a kind of simple gingham type dress and, you know, like a cotton apron. She's got a kind of handkerchief around her hair and she looks kind of downtrodden. You know, she could be ripped from the pages of like Time Magazine's coverage of like the Dust Bowl or like, you know, hmm. Irish Italian immigrants leaving New York City. Uh, you know, during the depression and she's sitting at the table. She uh, looks really sullen. And then you hear um, it's dinner time. I now have to turn to a new page. <laughs> she goes and reaches forward and uh, grabs something off the plate and starts eating it. And um, as she takes a bite, uh, her first bite, she starts, um, you start to hear her softly sob. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm saving you. I'm sorry. I'm saving you. Turn to page four in your book. <laughs> we did four already. Well, I guess it makes sense. It applies. Yep. So uh, what do you think? What do we most hope it doesn't do? I really want her to top ta stop talking because that's really kind of unnerving. But I think the the more prudent choice is like, I hope she doesn't notice us. Mm. Like she doesn't look at us. What do you think? Um, yeah, that's that seems wise. I mean, that's what we did last time. But I mean, it's it's good policy. <laughs> that's true. It's good policy. Okay, so we. Do not want her looking at Doug. Okay. And there's a draw. So we're at... We're at 15 now. We should probably discard again. 
Yeah, we're going to have to discard. The odds are just... We're going to... We might not completely bust this time. So, yeah, we discard. Most of the cards are going to be higher than a five or six. Right. You got a seven. Okay. Uh, So it does one of the other things, and we choose which. Um, Well, we wanted her to stop, so she stops. Wait, it does one of the others. So she doesn't look at us, but she does do one of... Yeah, so she stops still. Others. Oh, oh, I yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, and then you turn to 15 and take branch B. Okay. Okay, so it stops still. She stops still. She stops crying and stops mid-bite and looks uh, straight at you guys. Um, and oh you boy. tell me <laughs> which it does. Say what the ghost is like as it acts. Remember the violence that it represents and the menace it carries. What is that? Oh, 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 I see. You tell me which it does. Uh, does it either look at you, speak, reach out? That's so weird. Hold on. I'm confused by these rules real quick. Hold on. The other well, no, we told you that she stopped still. So. Oh, I see. I see. I see. You told me that it stopped still, which is what triggered. It just happened. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so she stops mid-bite, she stops crying, she looks up, um, and just stares at you, um, and you see her, uh, mouth run. Oh, great. In Doug, typical Doug style, (laughs) trying to find an exit to this room, um, you, uh, see that two, you see those same two female ghosts, um, on bringing fresh plates to the table for the woman. Um, But you also see that directly behind them seems to be a a double door leading somewhere. All right. Oh, but it's behind them. Can we get past them though? Um, Yeah, you can try to move past them. They, they are not looking at you. The, the, the crying woman was the only one who looked you straight in the eye. The other two uh, seem to be intently focused on her. This loop gets a little bit confusing. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm going to say okay. it's losing interest in you um, because she has told you to the run and the other two are not paying attention to you. So um, that's going to send me to 13. And they're going to keep they're going to keep piling on food on here. And as you get closer to the table to try to get to this door behind them, you see that what was from where you were standing across the room, turkey legs and barbecue ribs, uh, is very distinctly like the forearms of a like a small child or a baby. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, bits of child that <sighs> are being served up on platters um, to this woman. That is what I was afraid of. Ugh. They still have not taken notice of you. Would you like to still try to move past them? Would you like to hide in here? Um, uh, I am all for getting the hell out of there. I second that <laughs> in very emphatic terms. All right. So before you see how this scene continues to play out, you want a GTFO. Um, so then I go back to five and we go back to movement and I go back to drawing a card. We're at three suits, which means you can escape soon. 
this door, the, these large doors push open into a large ballroom. And the ballroom itself, uh, you stop short as you notice that the floorboards have been adjusted, like sort of messed with and warped. In the, in the, in the warping, nails have come up um, mm. in the ground, so it's, it's kind of a treacherous floor. And you hear uh, that, again, kind of hypnotic tapping rhythm. And you see in the kind of dancing shadows that are in this room through uh, some broken windows that you see that you could maybe push through. Uh, moonlight is streaming through and you see two shadowy figures dancing with each other and spinning around. And every once in a while, one of them like dips the other one low, almost as if they're like shoving their head on the, on the ground in like a low dip and then pulling them back up. And you see these two figures continuing to spin around in this dance. I've already said there's a ghost here, so I'm going to turn to Eleven. That was super sweet until you said the part about sh the, one of them shoving the <laughs> other one's head down. <laughs> and then it suddenly became even more disturbing. As you guys are watching and entranced with this, as, as Doug is watching and entranced by this dance, the two figures spin more quickly and start to uh, approach you. And it starts reaching out to you and you see as it gets closer that it is actually the two women from before uh, oh, the, with no. the strange top knots. And one of them uh, starts to speak to you or, or seemingly speak to their companion. <sighs> Who is this one? So charming. Make a great dance partner. Oh, he'd look so good in your arms. No, he'd look so good in your arms. I also now it's approaching you. So now I have to turn to another page again. I'm, uh, you guys now are going to turn to 16. Uh, it says, what about it still seems most human to you? We choose. And the options are it's anger, it's eyes, it's fear, it's movements, it's sorrow, and it's voice. Hmm. Doesn't seem angry. It's movements? I mean, they seem. Maybe. I mean, the dancing, the dancing is kind of like old fashioned y, right? It was like a waltz, mm -hmm. I was envisioning. Mm -hmm. Because nobody waltzes now, Mike. No, no one does. What you, no. <laughs> not, 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 at, not at Colgate. Um, there was probably some sort of I'd like a ballroom dance club. No, never mind. There was not. There was a swing dance club, but that's a far cry from this. Yeah. I'm going to say it's voice, probably. Like, they seem to be talking like, oh, they actually see me, and, like, they're in the moment. They're like, "Yeah, oh, crap. <laughs> okay, I can get behind that. So, its voice seems most human to Doug. Okay. Uh, and then we draw. Okay, you're at seven. I think we just hit on a seven. Yeah. Nine, with a two of spades. Okay, great. So we have to choose something. Choose one by vote. Mm. You speak to it, you take a step towards it, you reach out your hand to it. Uh, I think that the least terrible of those options is we speak to it. Yep, and I think I know what he's going to say. Okay, what's he going to say? Uh, sorry, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doug. 
<laughs> that that seems very appropriate. Yes, uh, I I think that that was probably the first thing that he would think of to say in such a strange situation. <laughs> yeah, everything is so weird. He's holding on to whatever lifeline he can mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. So okay, uh, and then you continue from your place. All right, I move on to nineteen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm uh, a girlfriend. Doug has. <laughs> left the strange kitchen and, you know, run stumbled into this ballroom, stopped just short of stepping on nails poking out of the ground only to be confronted by these two women once again who are very aggressively waltzing with each other and arguing about, seemingly arguing about Doug as a dance partner and approaching and Doug hands up, says, I I got a girlfriend. The two ghosts look at each other and then look at Doug and open their mouths and you just hear a high-pitched and they uh, rush towards you uh, provoked to violence. Oh, Oh, goody. I think that was the wrong answer. They go uh, and 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 try to take you over. They 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 surround uh, they surround you and uh, begin to kind of pull Doug into this dangerous waltz dance. Um, and you uh, first feel a you know a stab as a nail goes up through your uh, you know loose flip flop. Uh, and you're able to like pull it, like you're able to, because it's a flip flop, you're able to like move your heel out of the way. Uh, but you know, you lose, you lose a shoe to the nail and, and you keep getting pulled along, uh, before them. Uh, this ghost has not already attacked, so turn to 40 in your book. Okay. Right. Uh, so we draw. And what are we at? Yeah. We're at? Yeah. Nine. Nine. Um, I'd say we hit on a nine. Yeah. There's no way we can bust, so. Okay, with a six of clubs. It's a 15. 15. Okay. Tell the MC what you try to do to flee and escape the ghost assault. Anyone can volunteer. I mean, I can. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're incorporeal. And Doug being completely ill-equipped for this sort of thing would maybe try to reason with them and say, well, you know, I maybe she wouldn't mind, like, one dance. I mean, that's not really fleeing, though. That's, like... Well, like trying to escape the ghost assault. I mean, can you really... I mean, the other thing we could do is try to run for the window. Yeah, I think that, that makes the most sense to me. I think if they're screeching at you, the time for conversation and polite discourse is probably <laughs> passed. Yeah, okay. So I, I think I think probably just turn and run in the other direction, try to find, yeah, get to the window. Yeah, because Samara mentioned that there was a window that we thought we could probably get through. Yeah, and how, how do you yeah. plan to get out of the, so so the the sisters have sort of engaged you in this, they're in this sort of, you've got this momentum of a waltz going. So how are you going to get out of the waltz momentum and, and, and get to that window? Oh, wait, are they... F- corporeal are they like grabbing us you feel a force but you don't feel like they're okay. physical hands on you i mean we could use the momentum to try and fling ourselves away from them yeah i was thinking that 
the way I picture Doug is he's, he's kind of a bad dancer anyway. <laughs> so I mean, it goes along like, with his poor fashion sense. He's freaking wearing flip flops to a explore a haunted mansion. Yeah, he's only he's also wearing a flip flop, not two. <laughs> yeah, point. now he's wearing one flip flop. Uh, I I think that he kind of naturally stumbles and he uses the momentum from that stumble to like kind of get away and hopefully not uh, impale his foot on another nail. All right, so using you know digging into his age old charms of you know how he's gotten out of many of tests with a wink and a smile, he realizes he can't force his way out of the weird grasp of these two women. So instead he goes with the spinning and, you know, as he feels the force pick up, you know, he notices before they did this like quick spin before they shoved one another's head down into one of those nails. Uh, so trying to keep his wherewithal, uh, you know, he, he focuses and he uses that moment and with a suave tumble, with only one flip-flop holding him down, uh, he tumbles out of their grasp and uh, breaks into, the, uh, you know, towards the window. Turn to 42 in your book. Um, all right, 42. You've escaped the ghost attack, but draw. Okay, we need to discard. Yeah, yeah, pretty clearly. One. No, one. really? <laughs> that's bad. Uh, no, that's a face all card. Right, so... No, it's an ace. An ace no. added one. I mean... Yeah, ace is not a face card. It's not a face uh, card. They Sorry. say in the rules, aces add one. Okay. Uh, we bust, and it's because the ghost is toying with us. And you should turn to page 29 in your book. As Doug tumbles and goes towards the window, feeling uh, as if he could be close to free, he feels a whoosh pull him back into the spin, and the... Two women. <laughs> Not so soon, sweetheart. And then back into this dance, um, and you feel a nail go uh, straight up into your heel. Really glad that you got those tetanus shots before you came uh, up to Colgate. And um, yeah. they have already attacked you once before, so I go to 35. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, they, they pull Doug back and, uh, they, they, you get shoved with this nail in the ground, uh, and it just searing pain up through you. Uh, and you feel like the blood like pumping in your veins, uh, as, you know, all the pieces of what you've seen before are starting to really come together. And it's as if the blood in your veins is pumping with that same rhythm that you've been hearing on tables and in, you know, like gas stoves and in matches and it's like pumping, pumping, pumping. And then it seems to build into like a symphony in your ear and you, the music that wasn't there that the girls seemed to be dancing to before you're dancing to now. And with the two of them, you spin around this ballroom and you feel another like sharp pierce as another nail goes into your foot. Uh, and, and as you glance down, you see like blood is, you know, filling the floorboards of this ballroom. Uh, as you continue to dance with them, uh, your feet bloody raw and they spin you around and they give you one of those, uh, deep dives and with a large thwack on the ground, uh, your head hits one of the nails and you feel uh, it like, it, you know, Im impale the base of your skull. Turn to 46 oh in your book. You have been murdered by ghosts. <laughs> the end. Thanks for playing. 
That's literally what it says. That is literally what it says. Wow. Did I scare? Mine says, did, I, did you scare yourself? Did you leave troubling questions unanswered? Then you win. The end. Thanks for playing. <laughs> oh, well, that Doug. is poor Doug. <laughs> oh, man. Well, he that never was. never even had a chance. It didn't really have a chance. Poor Doug. He just like on a hunch just went out to go see what these stories were. You know, maybe the moon was right. And then, you know, deep suffering befell him. And this is why we never went to that uh, frat chapel, Mike. Oh, the, the de- was that Deke? Deke? Yeah. <laughs> Deke had it. Yeah, the, there was a frat that had a chapel on grounds and no one knew what was in it. Oh, yeah, there probably were no, some murderous ghosts. There were no windows you could look in. or they Were they boarded up or were there just no windows? I think there were just no windows. I think the thing was stone. So Yeah. <laughs> it was probably like where they kept their kegs. Yes, that's that's the uh, probably more accurate answer, but the less interesting one. But <laughs> there were all kinds of rumors, as you expect. Yeah. Well, you know, rumors is what brought Doug out to the major end. So. Frickin' Doug. Frickin' Doug. Okay, so that is it for the gameplay episode of Murderous Ghosts. Uh, we will come back another time and do our review. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And remember, if you're interested in playing Murderous Ghosts for yourself, uh, it can be found on payhip.com slash lumplygames for $10. Mike, where can folks connect with you online? Uh, you can find me at Blade on Twitter. And April Lynn. You can find me on Instagram at A-L-C-O-U-E-T-T-E. A-L-C-A-O-U-E-T-T-E. And you can find some of my writing on games and nerd culture at lovethynerd.com. And I'm at Naomi on Instagram and at Samara Naomi on Twitter, N-A-E-Y-M-I. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments or questions for us, or if you have any suggestions for games that we should take on in the future, please drop us a line at ostkpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, did you enjoy our oral bombardment of your ear holes? Well, then you most definitely should leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. That way more people can find us and share in that joy with you. And we're all about joy. Aren't we, Mike? Uh... I have a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Welcome to the One Shot Test Kitchen. Today, we're playing Nope, That's Not How This Goes. <clears throat> yeah, I was about to say, what the hell are you doing? Yep, well, I, I think I typed the wrong thing from like, an, anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, okay. Welcome to the One Shot Test Kitchen. Today, nope, today's episode. <laughs> Gosh, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, here we go.